I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Purely Wrestling, the pro wrestling podcast. We will bring you all the latest and greatest news around the world of professional wrestling, in particular the WWE universe. Please go to srbradio.com, srbradio.com, King of Podcasts, where all the podcasts will be posted. And it's not just uh, professional wrestling, there's MMA, Speedway, football, soccer, pretty much any type of uh, podcast you're looking for, you can find it on srbradio.com. This is week two, or episode two of the Purely Wrestling Podcast. And uh, we're really excited to, uh, to get into this, and we've got a bit of a special. And as usual, my co-host is, uh, is Matt Penny. Matt, how are you, sir? All good, mate. All good. Pleasure to be back for episode two. Uh, obviously, we're pre-recording this, and we're going to be sending it out in the, in the future. So, uh, probably going to be after WrestleMania. I hope everybody had fun with that. Um, but today, I think we're going to be taking a bit more casual and just uh, chatting about favourite wrestlers from the past and and present and, uh, and see if we clash or agree yeah and uh, yes as, as Matt said we're, we're pre-recording this and uh, it's the uh, 3rd of April so the 4th and the 5th there'll be the uh, broadcasts uh, taped broadcasts of Wrestlemania over the weekend so uh, 8 and a half hours apparently yeah 8 and a half hours total. yeah are you going to be watching that, Matt? Oh, I absolutely am. Yeah. Which is funny, because if, if the listeners have listened to episode one, where we talk about WrestleMania, I said a lot of things like, oh, I'm not really looking forward to it. Oh, it's not going to be the same. I'm not in the mood for WrestleMania. But yes, I will be, I will be, I will be watching it every <laughs> second. So um, you could say a bit of a U-turn, maybe. A bit of a U-turn, maybe. But I think, like a lot of people, I think they're going to be watching because they're just interested to see what it's going to be like, me included. So, uh Let's give it a go. Why not? Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, like you said in this episode, we're really going to have a, a, a very much a, you know a casual chat over a, a cup of tea, a glass of beer, whatever your uh, favourite tipple is, and uh, and really just go through our um, let's say favourite top ten wrestlers. No, no particular order. Uh, no particular criteria. It could be entertainment value. Could be uh, skill set it could be yeah just you know it could be anything really uh, maybe the first wrestler you remember watching things like that and uh, so uh, we'll, we'll go through uh, we'll go one for one so you can go first and then I'll go first and as we as I said no particular order and um, and then yeah so let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, kick it off and you can go first Matt number one for me would always be like the wrestler I grew up with and first started watching so for me as a kid I was a heel guy I liked the bad guys uh, the good guys didn't really do anything for me I liked the guys who looked the coolest 
who acted the coolest and the baddest. So for me, it was Triple H. Um, I started probably watching wrestling week in, week out in 2002. So that was when Triple H sort of really broke out as the major star from WWE, on Raw especially. Um, he had a breakout feud with uh, Shawn Michaels when Shawn Michaels returned in 2002 in the summer. Then he went on to World Heavyweight Champion, and he was sort of on-off Heavyweight Champion for sort of three years. So when I started watching it week in, week out, he was the first guy that I watched. He was the first guy that was sort of the main star. He was always in the main event. He was always in the main segments. Um, back then, uh, at the moment on the WWE Network, there's a documentary going on about those kind of years. And Raw was the entertainment show. So Vince said Raw was for entertainment. And if you want to go and see, you know, sort of half-naked women and interesting segments, you go to Raw. Mm. If you want to watch technical wrestling and uh, just not entertainment, but more storyline-based stuff, you go to SmackDown. Mm. So Raw, I think for me, was an easier program to watch as a kid. It was more interesting and more gripping. So I watched Raw. I watched Triple H. And he was always there. So for me, he, he, he was number one. And uh, Triple H had a, um, a really good ring entrance. He had that music all about the game. And then he would uh, stand up the ropes and uh, spit some water out, spray some water out. Yeah, yeah he, just look, he just looked cool. And he had a cool aura about him back mm. then. You know, as, as a kid, you'd think, oh, he really could you know, beat somebody up. Obviously, I was, I was really young then. So I, I didn't know about, you know. Yeah. You have to see and stuff, yeah. and I didn't know that wrestlers actually aren't <laughs> actually aren't probably can't be <laughs> fighting at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then, he just had more about him, and he was pushed on TV to be was... one of the main men. So he, he would always stand out for me. And also, in recent years, I think he gets a lot of stick for um, quote burying younger talent. Mm. But I think in the long run, he actually ends up putting a lot of people over, and with just by feuding with them and working with them. He puts over puts over, puts over a lot of young talent and obviously he is, NXT is his sort of child. Yeah. So now mm. he's just reinventing the business, changing the business for good. Mm. And, in, and in the future, I think he's pretty much the understood heir apparent of WWE. Eventually he'll be running things when Vince eventually gives up the reins. Um, so, yeah, so, so I think me, that's widely so, widely understood and accepted. He, he's the next man in charge. Yeah, he's just, I think a lot of ex-wrestlers also say that he's just got um, the best mind mm. for the, the business now. Vince, I think everybody says that Vince was, was very good maybe more 10 years ago, but now is sort of maybe losing it a little bit. Mm. Triple H, everybody says, he's the one to take the business forward. Uh, Matt Hardy just left the WWE and went to a, a rival, AEW, and in an interview he said if if Triple H was in charge the place would be so much more um, positive and mm. um, I'm not sure what the exact words but much more positive and much yeah. more you know so yeah for me he just changes the business year in year out generation after generation he is the business is his life yeah. apart from his kids yeah yeah so that was mine that was my number one yeah um, mine it, it, mine is going to be a for a similar reason, uh, because I started really watching uh, American wrestling in the early 90s, and um, Sky Broadcasting Company started, I think, the late 80s, 88, 89, 
and yeah. uh, they they bought wrestling as one of their first sport in quotation marks packages. Um, and I'm sure it was 1990 or might have been the certainly in the very early 90s. Uh, my um, first sort of main memory of watching it full was Royal Rumble, and uh, I'm sure the Undertaker. I don't know if he'd made his full debut, but that would have been his probably his biggest sort of card or, or event. Yeah. And uh, he, he came out with Paul Bearer, his manager, uh, and he had that crazy Undertaker, uh, you know, burial guy, Paul Bearer, where he used to carry the urn. And uh, the, so they came out to that music, the lights go down, and then... Uh, and he's obviously six foot six, six foot eight, and he had that hat on and and all that. And uh, and then during the match, he walked uh, he walked the top rope, and uh, which was very impressive for a, a three hundred pound guy. Um, he was walking it like a like a ballerina almost, uh, that, <laughs> that kind of grace. And uh, yeah, so my I don't know if he's number one or whatever. I'm not sure what order I'm going to put him, but certainly for. For that, for impact, for me, uh, watching uh, wrestling in the early days and as a youngster, and then, uh, and then obviously his longevity, and he, and he recreated his character. He had that biker phase in the mid two thousands, and then he came back as the Undertaker, and uh, and uh, he had some he had some ability as well. He's not he's not a what you'd call a, a you know amateur wrestler. I think he was a pretty good high school or college basketball player. Uh, from a background, yeah. but uh, but yeah, for for me, uh, the Undertaker for the gimmick, for his style, and and don't forget his 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 match with uh, Mick Foley when uh, he uh, choked slammed him from the top of the uh, the cage. That was obviously Mick Foley took all the risk, but uh, the Undertaker played his part in that. That that was that was crazy. Um, Obviously, that's before my time a little bit, but obviously I know it. Mm. Watched the match generously. Um, that moment, I, I remember watching, uh, I think it was a various documentary on it, and both the guys were interviewed about it. And, and Mick Furry just said, Did, they didn't plan it before the, before the event. Mm. But the commentators were told to watch out, you know, they, it could, things could fall off the top. And, and Furry just said, just, just throw me, throw me, throw me. Mm. And, and Taker was like, no, 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 no. He was like, no, no, just, just throw me. Just chucks him off, and that is the that is the scene that a lot of um, a lot of wrestling fans will remember. Yeah, for, like their, one of their first memories, even if they weren't there to watch it, that'll be one of their first things that they think of. Um, one of the most iconic visions of all time, probably. Yeah, and and there is a, a documentary. I can't remember what the documentary is called, um, but the Undertaker talks about that match, and, and he said. Yeah, that was obviously crazy, and, and Mick Mick is you know just crazy. But uh, he said walking up the cage or you know climbing the cage. He said that was very difficult as well because these guys are 250, 300 pounds, you know, eighteen, twenty-three stone in that region. Yeah. And he said walking, uh, climbing that cage uh, was was tough. And then they did the, the you know the. The, the back and forth on top of the cage and then he had to sort of lift him up and, and Foley uh, just uh, went backwards and uh, I remember Undertaker saying that um, I think it was Undertaker saying it might have been someone else <clears throat> one of the uh, sort of uh, officials saying 
just imagine you, you're on your bed and, and just roll over and fall and that's maybe two feet, two and a half feet tops. Yeah. And he said, times that by 10, 20 feet, 25 feet and, and you might appreciate an, an was, a smidgen of what Foley did. It was the early cage as well. It, uh, the cage back then was, was not very well put together. Uh, everybody used to say that. Uh, now it's very, very, very uh, reinforced. But back then, it, it was... Um, it was terrible because when when they ever used to go up from the top, you, wrestlers used to put their foot through mm. for it. It just wasn't strong enough to hold them, so they were lucky. To be honest, that they actually held them up for so long. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on to my second pick, um, I don't remember his his matches. I think when I started watching, he he wasn't an active wrestler. Um, Andre the Giant. Uh, a legend and a giant in in many terms of the word Um, but just obviously his his stature uh, some of his early matches in in Wrestlemania with Hulk Hogan uh, are classics Um, I think he fought uh, the the Bruno Santano he had had quite a few good uh, matches in in Wrestlemania as well Um, and he was he's very active in in the in the eighties, but obviously he was seven foot two, four hundred and odd pounds, or seven hundred uh, sorry five hundred pounds. And yeah. some of the stories, you know, he, he could drink five bottles of wine to warm up with. Um, he yeah, could, he could eat three or four chickens and stuff like that. So yeah, it, but back in those days, the, I don't think they had the the, the know it all to to think how unhealthy this is and how about career longevity um, all he knew and was told was to be a giant and wrestle like a giant and, and act like a giant so you know outside of the ring he would uh, drink gallons of beer gallons of beer you know, and everything and eat so much mm. and it was just a shame that they didn't didn't look after him because you know now, now we have the big show who is smaller and but he, but he was he was pushed to the, as the same, you know, when, when Big Show came in, he was billed as Andre the Giant's son. Mm. And again, he was told, act like a giant, act like a giant. Mm. But he knew that career longevity, you can't just go out and just drink, drink what you want and eat what you want and just expect to be okay because Andre died pretty young anyway. Mm. It's a shame that he, he wasn't around yeah. for longer. Yeah, I think because of the... Um the condition he had, obviously his growth, growth hormone was out of control. I think at 12 or 13 he was 6 foot 2 and 200 pounds. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this giant giantism, ginormism condition, I think he was unfortunately destined to die fairly young. <clears throat> but yeah, you know, drinking seven bottles of wine and things like that doesn't help. But. Um, yeah, so just the impact on this sheer presence. And, uh, you know, in uh, Rocky III, um, when Hulk Hogan made his appearance, yeah. uh, what was his name? The Cannonball... Oh, the character he played Cannonball something? I can't remember. Um, the uh, That match was based on a real... So Rocky was based on a boxer in, in America who fought... Muhammad Ali for the world title in seventy mid seventies or whatever, yeah. and, and this boxer had a charity match with uh, Andre the Giant, 
at I think it was Madison Square Garden. It's online. It's on YouTube. So if the listeners want to go on, and it did end in a brawl. Andre the Giant just started hammering him, and the boxer took off his gloves. So it's pretty much what you see in Rocky Three, and uh, yeah. That's how MMA started. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a few examples of that for sure. Yeah, crazy, crazy. A guy who uh, Shane wasn't around for longer. Yeah, for but sure. It's not really surprising. Yeah. Um, just I just mentioned Big Show there. Another big guy who needs to be mentioned, and probably in my top ten. Not sure where. Um, there's got to be Kane. You mentioned Undertaker, who, who probably would be there for me as well, but Kane yeah. came in as Undertaker's brother, and he had probably an equal debut to The Undertaker, ripping off the cell door, mm. and um, his longevity in, in the business, because he's still on and off wrestling now, is just incredible, and like a couple of years ago, you know, he sort of he fought Seth uh, Rollins for the title, mm. and a lot of fans turned on him and thought, "Oh God, you really shouldn't be getting this spot in the business anymore." Mm. Um, but the fact that he could go with somebody that young and have half, you know, thirty-minute matches with him and, and, and stay foot to, you know, step to mm. step with him has got to get have huge credit. He's now mayor of a uh, a town in America, but yeah. he's still wrestling. Yeah, and back. Back when I used to watch it, like I said, week in, week out, mid 2000s, you know, he had that character where he took off the mask in 2000, early 2003 and went sort of really psychotic. Mm. And like I said, I, I was a heel guy, I was, a, you know, I like the bad guys. So having a guy who would run around setting people on fire, and he had a feud with, um, with Shane McMahon, I yeah. if you remember. Yeah. Handcuffed Shane McMahon to the ring mm. post. And uh, electrocuted Shane McMahon's testicles <laughs> to a to a ten year old kid. <laughs> that that stuff was uh, <laughs> apparently really funny and interesting to watch. But it was uh, he was on Raw, and you know, like I said, Raw was the entertainment show. That's where you went for the wacky storylines and the the show that which pushed things a bit too far. Yeah. So for the kid, it was it was really interesting, and he was there at the forefront doing all these psychotic things. Yeah, Kane would have would have been in my list as well. Uh, similar reason. The only disappointment uh, with Kane for me was when they unmasked him. They should have kept that mystique uh, going for a bit longer. But uh, yeah, he, he had he had the character, he had the size, he had that sort of backdrop of being Undertaker's half brother or brother. Um, he was super athletic. He was, well. yeah, yeah. He, for a, he was six foot six and six eight, or that you know, in that region. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. yeah, now he's known for being quite stocky and uh, you know a little bit overweight now. But back then, you know, he, he had the ripped physique. Yeah, they the used to call him the lean, lean, mean, uh, red machine or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was, it was fantastic. And obviously, then him and Undertaker did have the tag team together for a little while, and. Um, uh, why it's so you know the forefront of my mind Kane's just done a uh, podcast with um, Stone Cold mm. and he, he, he said there that the unmasking was just purely because at the time Vince was going through this stage of um, teaching wrestlers how to use their facial expressions he mm. wasn't happy with how people were expressing like what's going on in the ring yeah. with their face oh, okay. so that's why Kane said well how about I take off the mask and I can improve as well Oh, that's why they did it because yeah. 
Vince was just going through a phase of wanting to improve facial expressions in, in the business. Yeah, yeah. So masks were considered, you know, not good because you can't express what's going on through your facial expressions. Mm, yeah. So that's why, that's why the mask came off. Yeah, interesting. And, but yeah. arguably, it kicked off one of his best runs in 2003, 2004, 2005, where he had, you know, it was almost, it's bad to make fun of it now but he had sort of the mental health issue character yeah yeah it arguably kicked off his best run for years mm, yeah okay uh, so so back to you Matt you're I think we're down to number three the third one yeah I think number three um, I think my number three uh, so I, like I said I was a raw guy but I did occasionally watch SmackDown, and 2002, we saw the emergence of Brock Lesnar. Mm. He had the incredible Hell in a Cell with Undertaker in late 2002. And again, as a kid, a bloody wrestling match was considered very appealing. And the event that it was on, I think it was No Mercy in 2002, that was the first uh, VHS that my mum allowed me to buy. <laughs> Because up until that point, I had to borrow it off my best friends who were allowed it before I was. So No Mercy 2002 was my my first VHS, and that was the first match, and that was the match that grabbed me. And you could just see from Brock the way the way he entered the business. You thought he's really going to have something special, um, and he did. He's gone to do many things, including UFC and stuff. Um, but as a wrestler, he's still here now. He's sitting 40 years old, and again, still. Not really changing the business, but he's the constant in the business, mm. pressing people over every WrestleMania. He always seems to lose against various people, putting them over, putting them on their first title runs. He gets a lot of stick. Again, I seem to like people who get a lot of stick. Triple H gets a lot of stick for for burying younger talent. Mm. Brock gets it for um, always being champ and stuff. But if you look at the bigger picture, he's got he's got to go on that run. He's got to go on that strong run, so he is able to put over younger talent. You know, better. Mm. So, back then he used to be a bit more of a wrestler. Now he's sort of more of a mixed martial artist wrestler. So he builds up on that MMA background now. But back then he was more of a national wrestler kind of character. And it was, it and for a guy that size, it was, you know, we hadn't really seen it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go for. Um before my time but I've, I've seen some of the matches um, on YouTube obviously and uh, there's a, there's quite a big MMA connection and uh, he's a he's a Jap- Japanese wrestler Antonio Inoki and uh-huh. he had a match I think in the early mid 70s with Muhammad Ali and it was supposed to be a you know mixed rules or mixed martial arts as we would know it now um, but he couldn't do a lot of his wrestling moves, and, and uh, it wasn't wasn't a great match because they they nullified most of his wrestling, and, and obviously Ali wouldn't go near him, so running around the ring. But he was entertaining, yeah. and I think there was like a, an audience, world audience, of 1.4 billion or something, and they both got a couple of million dollars each, which in 40 odd years ago was was big money, still is now, but. He was a yeah. lot, lot bigger then, and um, and he's he's one of the uh, the MMA connection. Is he in Japan? There's a uh, a movement or Shuto was one of the I think promotions where they actually do real wrestling moves, like you know proper 
hold submissions and uh, and uh, Josh uh, Josh Barnett, yeah, he he trained under Anoki yeah. and some of his other uh, wrestlers, and he always mentions that uh, time in Japan when he was in Pride. Um, so yeah, he, he's got to be up, up there for one of my top ten. Japan on a whole is just crazy, mixing, bending the boundaries between legitimate wrestling, um, kind of martial arts type of, of fights, like legit fights as I would call it, mm. professional wrestling. Yeah. Japan are crazy for knowing to, to, to bending the boundaries around it. Yeah. They, they, they like that element of, yeah, they, they want to be entertained, but they also want to be, you know, they want a real aspect to it as well. Um, where I'm not sure if you remember um, uh, that used to be on in, in the early to mid 2000s Bushido which uh, Baz Rutan competed a lot of the, the, the sort of older MMA guys who started in Japan Frank Shamrock, Ken Shamrock um, it was um, yeah it was op- you could open hand slap and you could kick yeah. but you couldn't punch and you couldn't ground and pound but you could do quite a lot of, uh, and there was one guy, American guy, sort of a fat guy, but he would legi- legitimately finish people, I'll have to check his name, with, with a suplex. So they, they would kick his legs, chop his legs and slap him around because he was quite slow. But as soon as he, um, he got hold of them, he would suplex them. And because you land on your neck and the, and the skull, the base of your skull, obviously, yeah. you know, you're going to get concussed. And it, if you look at it online, I'll have to check his name, and uh, he would literally knock him out with the suplex. So, uh, yeah, so for me, Antonio Inoki was uh, probably there up in one of the best top ten of all time for me. Very nice. Uh, Very nice. I, so, I'll, I'll, yeah. go for, I'll go for a tag team. Okay, yeah, next go one, on. if yeah. I may. Yeah, sure. Um, it's uh, Edge and Christian. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think they were pretty much SmackDown guys for most of their tenure, yeah. but they were the one of the funniest guys on on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, and again, and to a kid, it was funny watching them do something different, funny to doing something entertaining, mm-hmm. changing their character a lot of the time to to bend to um, how the crowd were reacting, and they started off in the brood which was with Gangrel, a wrestler called Gangrel. Yeah. And they walked out, they, they, the, the music hit, and to this day, I think it's accepted as one of the best theme musics of all time. Yeah. And they rose in a pit of flames, walked down to the ring, and uh, Gangrel, who uh, didn't stay around in WWE for very long because apparently he was very bad with fast food, um, spat out, drunk from a, a goblet of blood, and spat out blood. Ooh. That's how they. That's how they started, and they came out grinning. So it's very much like a vampire character because they both had these sort of um, fang-like teeth at the top. Yeah. And then they went into these comedy characters, and they had countless matches with the Hardy Boys and the Dudley mm. Boys, and it was just. I wasn't really into tag team wrestling. I'd, I'd one on one, and like I said, Raw. So you know, I didn't really watch a lot of SmackDown, but they were the guys that I'd look out for. Yeah, they, they certainly had the character and, and they had that fun element, but they were very athletic as well and they had that rocker type look and uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and back in, I think it was when I started to get back into it, I took a couple of years off of wrestling um, when it was going through a bit of a rough period, sort of around 2010, 
um, I, I took, when I got back into it, I started to watch back like late nineties, mm. and watching the Brood and Edge and Christian come through, they were real standouts of like a new generation. Much like we're getting now of NXT, they were mm. kind of like the NXT of NXT of their generation, mm. and you know they were put with guys like the Undertaker from very early on because yeah. they had the sort of the Ministry of Darkness yeah. Um, yeah. stable going on there. So to put two young guys like Edge and Christian with guys like The Undertaker, you know, it was it was very much like a, a generation of now where the NXT are coming through and being put with the the stars of today. So that was the, that was my early on, yeah, my favourite of early on. Yeah, um, for me, um, the the next I think we're on five now, five each. Um, yeah, probably. So uh, thereabouts, give or take one or two. Um, yeah. And, um, Kurt Angle, uh, main main reason being because he had that real pedigree. He was a gold medalist in '96 Olympics, Atlanta '96. Yeah. Uh, but when they when they brought him in, it would have been quite easy to sort of play his real wrestling ability and then sort of uh, not put the other wrestlers to shame, but you know make this more prominent and make the gap more obvious. The guys who who were ex-football players or basketball players or whatever. This guy's been doing wrestling since he was probably six, seven years old. Um, but then when he came in, they, they gave him a quite a, a a bit of a you know funny character, a bit of a bit of an idiot. Um, you know that music, you suck, you suck, da -da, yeah. and all that. And and he would always wear his gold medal and he would kiss it and make you know. Oh, by the way, do you know? Um, I won a gold medal at the 96 Olympics and blah 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 a bit like what um, Henry Cejudo started doing did you notice that yeah. in the last six months yeah very similar yeah. yeah so I wonder where he got that from but uh, yeah yeah Kurt Angle you know great obviously pedigree in wrestling but he really took to that he could have come in and said look I'm not going to be an asshole or whatever and I'm not going to be an idiot but he, he knows it's, it's, it's a game it's a gimmick it's a promotion He's playing a character and, and he played it great. I know, I think it was mid-2000s, he went to TNA for a good 10 years plus. But I, yeah. remember, I mainly remember him from WWE from late 90s to mid-2000. Yeah, he was hilarious. And, he, and it's even said today that he was the, the guy to learn the business the fastest out of anybody. Um, um, he learned business in, the, in two months, I think it was, in training. Um, I, I remember watching his documentary on WWE Network and he said his first conversation with Vince face to face was I'm happy to sign with you um, I don't want to do proper fight I want to do professional wrestling but mm. if, you, if you sign me I can't lose you can't make me lose because I'm an Olympic champion so I'm, I'm going to be pretty much unbeatable yeah. and Vince said mm, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll work on it <laughs> but I, I, think, I think Kurt picked up very quickly you know, he, he's known now as the fastest to ever learn it yeah. and um, some of his some of his work at TNA was was very very good. Um, but I think him and Vince, uh, Kurt, through, in two thousand and five and two thousand and six when he left, was going through a really rough time with painkillers. Mm. Um, and because I think he broke his neck a couple of times, like fractured during it, uh, and he got addicted to painkillers, and it really fractured his relationship with Vince and the rest of the people in WWE. So he left, saying that he really needed to rest. Went to TNA straight afterwards. Put on some great matches, but I think everybody knew he was a WWE guy, mm. really. Everybody knew that's where he belonged. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And he returned, I think it was literally only a couple of years ago that he returned, and I think he came in, and then he was put as general manager, and people already thought, ah, oh, you know, maybe he won't wrestle again and he kind of did but he wasn't the same he left it too late yeah. which was a bit bit of a shame um, I think if he returned earlier he'd have a lot more to offer I'd have liked to have seen him with a couple of guys from NXT mm. um, shame we didn't get that really but yeah he, he'll go he'll go up there with any top 10 I think of any any wrestling fan I think mm. Mm. yeah okay uh, back to you Matt I think we've got four more to go each yeah, so I'm going to go with my favourite. I've given you my favourite from the past, which is Triple H. Uh, but my number one right now mm-hmm. is Adam Cole from NXT. Yeah. Um, I watch. I've, I watched a, a few of his stuff on the Indies, and I watched him once at an indie wrestling show in London. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, not really knowing who he was back then, but he, even on the Indies, he got this um, just this reputation of being one of the best independent wrestlers. Um, when he joined the WWE, he did it in great fashion. Uh, he attacked Drew McIntyre when he won the NXT title, mm-hmm. and from then on, he's just been at the top, top of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, really getting over with the crowd. I think he's one of those guys who's pretty much untouchable with the crowd. Like he could, he could do anything, and we cheered on for it because mm-hmm. his his stable at the moment was the undisputed era. It's 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 definitely a heel stable. It's a, definitely a bad guy stable. But he, they get cheered everywhere they go. Mm. Every, everybody wants them. Everybody wants them to win. And he's held every title. And he's just one of these untouchable guys. And I, I think he's going to have a huge future in WWE. Mm. I, I worry about him on Raw. To be honest, I worry about him under Vince because he is a smaller guy. Mm. He isn't, you know, two fifty pounds, you know, six pack, oiled up. He's not mm. that kind of wrestler. So I worry about him under Vince. But I think if if, he, if Alan Colgan can hang out under Triple H in NXT mm-hmm. and then sort of move up to Raw and SmackDown when Triple H takes over from Vince, I think he had, you know he's the future for years and years to come. Yeah, um, for me, if we're just looking at current stars, probably I know he's been around probably a good ten years, but he's still quite prominent. Is the Miz? Um, and yes. he's, he's, he's in a tag team with um, is it John Morrison is it the, John Morrison yeah, yeah. tag champs again and he's, he's got a really good character and, and I think The Miz has done a couple of movies as well um, I'm sure he's been in a couple of movies um, yeah 
he's, he's next on Cena. I think he's he's the standard right now. Yeah. He's been around for for quite a while, but he, he's kept himself young. He's never mm. he's never been um, injured. No. So I think he can he can go he can keep going because he hasn't had that uh, like uh, he hasn't got that battered body that a lot of them have. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and he looks like you know his his lifestyle's probably been pretty clean, not too too destructive. So. Uh, it maybe yeah. it could go for a few years more. I, 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 there was a push online a couple of years ago for him to be WWE champion again um, mm. because he had um, he, he had uh, quite a few runs with the Intercontinental Title and he had this uh, feud going with Daniel Bryan when he when Daniel Bryan was retired and had his neck injury. Yeah, and it was just it was the hottest thing on SmackDown. It was what you tuned in for. You wanted to see what the Miz does mm. to, to Bryan now, and it was weird because. Because Miz was obviously the heel, but like everybody was kind of rooting for him because he was portraying this character of being downtrodden by the the, the system. Being he, he wanted the Intercontinental Title to be uh, prestigious again, and he was always chucked on the pay per view last, mm. or he was put on the pay per view sort of in the mid card, not really looked at, not really given time on TV. Yeah, and there, there was a real push when Daniel Bryan came back from injury. They thought, oh, if you give the Miz the title. And then have those two face off at WrestleMania. That would be huge because that's for about three years when SmackDown sort of reinvented itself. That that was what you went to SmackDown to see. You saw yeah. and Daniel Bryan, and you thought, oh, I can finally have another another WWE title run. Because the first one, people didn't think he was ready, so a lot of that title run was based around, oh, he's not really ready. If he had it a couple of years ago, people would have really accepted him as being ready for it. Mm. So it's a shame to think that chance, you know. Yeah, he did have a couple of matches with Daniel Bryan, but it wasn't the same because it just didn't. It wasn't again. It wasn't pushed on TV that much. It was kind of just overlooked for for others like Roman Reigns and you know the Shield, that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think the Miz would definitely be in my top ten as well. 100%. Yeah. And I, I think uh, we're down to the to the last three now. And uh, for me. The, it might be a, it might be sort of a category rather than, than one person, but the, the the standout that sticks out for me is is Ray Mysterio, and uh, you know just some of the crazy moves, these these his signature move. The, the was it the four one nine or four oh nine? Six one nine. Six one nine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know the way he went into that, and he obviously had the, the Mexican wrestler mask thing going on, but in the early around about the early 2000s you started getting these athletic um, you know daredevils they used to call them uh, the Hardy Boys they, they were really uh, yeah. flipping this way and backwards and forwards and the moonsaults and all that so uh, and that was you know just real great entertainment to, to see some of their just the sheer, sheer risks they take because yeah wrestling is choreographed and things like that but as one of their adverts used to say, you know, bones get broken and muscles get torn, so uh, it's still a pretty dangerous business. So that category for me of these these daredevils was was fantastic as well. Yeah, Rey Mysterio left, uh, went on to the Indies for a little while and sort of reinvented himself. Um, really got into a lot. Really got into good shape. Um, he, he left a bit overweight. Uh, he wasn't performing as well as he could do. He went away, got really shredded. And came back, and uh, he's performing well now. Performing well, he's 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 at a level. He's sort of a mid-card talent now. He's sort of in the mid-range, which I think is probably 
where he belongs now, probably putting over younger talent. Um, I, I went, when he rejoined, I kind of, I kind of groaned a little bit. I didn't think they really needed him. Um, yeah. I still, probably, I still probably think they don't need him to be honest. Mm. Um, a talent like that should be used. Uh, I'm not sure how. Maybe, maybe he should go back to NXT. Maybe he could go to NXT and, and mm. put a few guys over there on his way out. But he's reinvented himself. He, he looks great. He's in great shape. So he's moving around for a few year, more years. Yeah, I just don't think WWE need him. He, he, he didn't get when big stars return. Like mm. Drew McIntyre, he had a big NXT welcome and stuff. Ray didn't get that. Ray didn't get any of that. He sort of came back and he came in sort of softly. Mm. He, he, didn't, he didn't get a big welcome back. He's back. He sort of got a you know, oh, it's Ray Mysterio. Mm. Bit of a shame, but he, he, he serves a purpose for sure. Yeah, I think uh, there was there was a whole category of the light, the lighter guys to uh, to do all that, and uh, I think that that worked out well for for a lot of the the smaller guys. You just didn't, you didn't have to be a giant anymore to have a top binning in in the world of wrestling. Yeah, and next next on my list is a uh, I gave I gave a tag team uh, from the past, and now I'm going to give a tag team to present, and that'll be the Usos. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for, for me, I, I didn't like them when they were in their um, colourful Samoan uh, gimmick that they had. They had a, like a cheery, happy, mm. you know, happy-go-lucky kind of gimmick. And then I'm not sure what happened. I think they, one of them had, might have had an injury, and they sort of came back with this really cool new music. They had sort of black and white gear. They got rid of the face paint, and they sort of took on this Samoan sort of gangster gimmick. And I think it's it's well accepted as probably the best reinvention of a, of a character that mm. has happened in recent times because they they just got so stale. They they, they were the colourful tag team who would be in any any title fight. Yeah. And, and probably losing, you know, you know, they'll be the ah oh, unlucky unlucky Usos, you know, try again next time. That kind of that kind of tag team. Mm. And they came back as a no nonsense. Well, no, we're winning this. We're in to win the title every single time, and they've had about ten title runs as tag champs, which is, which is where they belong. Um, I didn't really like that stuff with Roman Reigns, but it's uh, they've re- they reinvented their character. They had the coolest music on on the roster, and now they've just got a really cool gimmick, which I think is quite relatable to the youngsters now. Mm. People people like when I was watching when I was watching it as a kid, I was looking for the cool character, and now you've got that and. Tag team wrestling has undergone a bit of a revolution in recent years, and it is it is perceived to be cool. And some of the best matches in recent years have been tag, tag matches. So, yeah, you, you mentioned a, a couple of tag teams. I think for me, um, this is going back to the the nineties. Um, it's probably going to be Legions of Doom, just their impact and. Uh, uh, how they used to come into the ring, those big shoulder pads and and the music and everything else, and um, but also the Steiner brothers, uh, Rick and yeah. Scott, and they they had a crazy run in WWE. Then they went to WCW. Then they came back when Vince bought WWE. Uh, sorry, WCW. And well, Scott came back. Yeah, Scott. Scott. Did, didn't Rick come back at all? Uh, I can't remember. Scott certainly Why came you? back. He came back as Big Papa Pump, yeah, yeah. When he doing his press ups in the middle of the ring, and uh, that was a bit ropey. That was a bit touch and go, but uh, yeah, they had some interesting uh, gimmicks going on. 
Yeah, best wishes go out, goes out to Scott. He suffered a minor heart attack at a, uh, a TNA event recently. Oh, um, okay, yeah. He, he's, he's in terrible shape now. Um, yeah, he's lost guy, any shape at all, really, yeah, but hopefully he'll recover pretty quickly. A guy who needs to, really needs to give it up. You know, we're, we're not wrestlers, okay? We're not in the industry. We're just commenting on it from the outside. But I think anybody should be told when they've really had enough. Mm. And he's a guy who is hanging on. And if he, and if he loves it, then fair enough. But there's been lots of room. There's lots of um, stories about Scott recently, and it's it, yeah, just I think I think wrestlers need to understand when it, when they their time is up. Um, but I, yeah, I, re- I read somewhere that Terry Funk at seventy two is still doing the odd promotional match yeah. or. Yeah, I don't know. It's something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, hate that. But as a tag team, yeah, they'll go down history as one of the the standard bearers for that for that era, a hundred percent. But yeah, the Scott Scott Steiner stuff in two thousand three, I think, when he came in two thousand two. Oh god, that was horrible. He, he had some of the worst matches. Um, Triple H, he challenged for the title pretty much straight away, and I, it went down as one of the worst mm. um, rivalries in history because they they were doing um, arm wrestling. On Raw, and they were doing um, do show-offs. Yeah, do you remember they were going to do a bench press competition, but they never actually bench pressed? And yeah, no, because your face tapped him. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, hated that. Yeah. <laughs> that is not something to be remembering. Remembering him for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, your turn, Matt. I'm running out of names that stand out at the moment. Mm. Uh, it might be because wrestling at the moment is going through. It's almost paused because of the coronavirus and. I just haven't really watched live programming for a while. Yeah, but yeah. one that's gonna get which, a guy who's had a lot of stick recently is Seth Rollins, and he is my NXT standout guy. He, he he is the John Cena of this era for me. Mm. He he will be the guy who will be here for ten fifteen years and be there no matter what, and just just being solid, just doing whatever is needed, whatever mm. whatever he's asked to do, he will do it. Um, he'll have multiple title runs. He, got, he won the title uh, from Brock last year, and then after sort of six months, the crowd turned on him and started booing him and started getting bored of him. So he went away, turned into a heel, and he's now the Monday Night Messiah. Mm. He's taken on this um, almost Jesus-like character mm. of Monday Night. Uh, I, I really like it. I find it quite interesting. Um, he's been feuding with Kevin Owens, which, which seems like about... Oh, he's been feuding with him about, about nine months, I think. It's so crazy long like that. That's getting really tiring. I think the character has a lot of um, a lot of promise. Uh, having a, a religious-like character on Raw could be quite interesting as the savior of Monday nights. That could be quite cool. But he he, he is the new John Cena for me. He's, he's going to be the guy who's always going to be there. He's always going to be the standard bearer for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. And um, yeah, he, he was a standout from the Shield for me. Roman Reigns hand pull up as the as the future of WWE, but for me it was it was Seth. He, he was the he was the coolest looking one. He had the blonde streak in his hair back yeah. in the Shield days. He was the best in ring. He was probably the best on the mic. Yeah. So for me, he's the next big guy for the next years to come. Yeah, I'm gonna go for uh, uh, someone back in the 80s and 90s. Um, Rick Rude, um, he had a great gimmick uh, and he, his mic skills were second to none. He, he really um, 
embraced that character and, and, and lived it probably. Um, and his, his body shape stood out because in the uh, 80s and 90s, especially the early 90s, you still had a good portion of wrestlers who, who were overweight, had a belly, then Vince obviously, your, your promoter started saying, no, no, wrestlers in shape appeal to a more wider audience, a younger audience, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, Rick Rude, and he, and he, he was, uh, I think, a legit tough guy as well. So, uh, and he had some good skills for, for pro wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. A, a, a big legend name that will go in history for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're in the last, uh, I think the last one or two, so... Uh... Last one or two, and I've just realised, do you know what? We're, we've got a real lack of uh, feminine <laughs> effects here. Um, yeah, true. Because I, I could list off like 20 or 30 names of guys who I respect and think mm. of the future and guys I've liked in the past, but I'll mention one woman who I think has the potential to be like the Trish Stratus or the leader of this generation so being around for sort of 10-15 years uh, in Becky Lynch yeah from from Ireland came over in NXT when I watched it week in week out I still I still do but back when I started watching it it was Becky Lynch uh, Charlotte Flair mm-hmm. Sasha Banks was the kind of main three and Becky Lynch sort of went under the radar as the uh, the lesser of the three Mm. And obviously, Bane was there, so there's four, the four horsewomen. Becky Lynch sort of came out that as the lesser of the four, mm. and you thought, well, she, she she looks all right. She's got this cool sort of, she had like a rocker gimmick where she came out and had the bright orange hair, and she'd go into the ring and flick it around. It's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But in, in recent years, she's really matured, I think, and mm-hmm. grown into this. Just not, just, just. It's not really even a, a gimmick or a character. Mm. It's just very much who she is and very solid again it's just like like the leader of, of a past generation um, yeah. a solid woman who will do anything that's asked solid in the ring probably one of the best we've seen in a long time um, not as good on the mic but she didn't need to be I think she keeps things simple and mm. yeah really got the potential to carry the women's division for, for years to come yeah I think for me one one of my last ones last ones is going to be the Rock and uh, just his his mic skills were incredible, um, and obviously that got picked up by movie producers and his uh, movie career. Uh, you could say he's been more, well, yeah, more successful than his wrestling career. But uh, he juggled juggled both of them for a while. You know, he, he was sort of coming every other year to a WrestleMania or uh, another main event, SummerSlam. But in the last five or six years, he started to do that less and less and less. But he, he had, he, you know, he had a very good ability, very good physical stature. And uh, but he's actually gone bigger since he's gone into movies. He's, he's put on a lot more muscle mass. Uh, uh, when he did that movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg, um, No Pain, No Gain, he was, yeah. he was absolutely huge in that. So. Uh, but yeah, the rock for for everything that you probably need in in a in a wrestler in the in the WWE era, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a, a quick honourable mention, um, as you said, the rock for your last guy, I'd have to say Stone Cold. Sure. Just as an honourable mention, yeah. those two were the, the biggest stars by 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 far, yeah. far far and away for so many years and even now when they appear they probably get the biggest reactions even against the big the, the biggest stars mm. of today 
So they've got that power. But I'm going to shout out a name who will be very applicable to me and you as we do our MMA show separately to this. And I'm going to shout out Matt Riddle uh, um, yeah. NXT. With a word of warning, uh, you know, Matt, keep keep your nose clean. Um, mm. Don't there, there's a there's a fine line between standing out from the crowd and getting yourself attention and getting yourself bad attention and heat from back from the lock, the locker room. You've got to you've got to get that attention. But you've got to get it in a wise way. You know, if you he's really pushing for a match with Goldberg at the moment. It's all mm. on social media um, saying, "Oh, he shouldn't be around. He shouldn't be champ. Oh, he's a bum." Mm. And they, they bumped into each other in the, in the locker room, I think at a past event last year. It might have been Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And, and Goldberg was, was, was legitimately pissed. Mm. You know, he, he said, look, Matt, just, just stay out of each other's way. We're on different levels. But that has spurred on Matt to be even, you know, even more in Goldberg's face. And I just think, keep your nose clean. Mm. Get the right attention and you'll be okay he's got a great look I think he's pretty young still I think he's early 30s yeah um, got a legitimate a legitimate fighting background so you could have mm. a Brock Lesnar style character for the future here yeah but you've you just got to keep it clean um, he's got a good look I, at the moment he's sort of this um, you've got to know, you, know your limits yeah, yeah yeah he's got this bro character at the moment yeah. where cause I think he had a lot of uh, marijuana issues when he was in the UFC and I think he's carried that over to professional wrestling where he's a you know a cool you know skater dude and space like, oh, bro, you know, yeah, yeah. that it's, it's okay for now it's got a bit of um, mm. a bit of crowd appreciation and it's got a bit of a, a buzz going around it but you could have a legitimate fighting style gimmick here and you could you could be a badass for a couple of for a good few years mm. Just keep out of the wrong people's way, and yeah. you know, stay clean. And hopefully, we can have a big star on, on WWE's hands. He was tipped for WWE for years, so yeah, yeah, she's yeah. To make it. It's true. He's, he's he's got he's got a you know personality, and, and he can hold the mic well and things like that. But uh, it's you got to be careful because wrestling is is still obviously very scripted, and, and people get pushed for different reasons. But uh, People have in the past gone too far and just been ejected for you know full stops. So, uh, yeah, they've been, they've been ejected too early. That's the problem. Um, mm. Young young stars come through and think, well, I've been encouraged to really you know, push the boat out and really get attention, so I'm going to do do it, but do it but in the wrong way. And you know, if you mm. piss off Vince one or two many times by pissing off his top stars, yeah. you could be out. You yeah. could be out. And Matt Riddle's done it with Dana and really had a whoever's fault it was. They yeah. and Matt really didn't get on, and they legitimately, you know, really don't get on now. So just don't piss yeah. off the boss. Yeah. Let's see what you can do. And uh, NXT in gen- and general, um, I will do another show, I'm sure, mm. at some point about favourite shows and favourite past pay per views. Yeah. But N- NXT on the whole, if 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 somebody comes up to me and says, "Why should I start watching wrestling again?" or "Why should I start watching wrestling full stop?" Mm. My my first answer would be just go to NXT. Yeah, yeah. Just go to NXT. The, the, the amount of stars that you've got there is incredible, and it's like a two-hour show, which is a really nice length of show. And you're going to see, you're going to see stars put over, and it's just um, such a great show. But my top ten could be full of NXT people, to be honest. <laughs> like, like legitimately. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, no, you, you make a good point about. I was going to mention for for the similar reason, you know, the MMA element to it. Um, 
I was going to put Ken Shamrock in it, but I don't think he had a, a long enough run in the WWE. Uh, no, he was he was there three or four years on and off, and he uh, deserves an honourable yeah, honorable absolutely, yeah, yeah, for crossing over wrestling and yeah. mixed martial arts and and yeah. help legitimising professional wrestling a little bit, yeah. which I, in a time where it needed it, because um, yeah. in sort of the nineties, they it came out of a child uh, sort of a, a very um, child-based product, mm. and then you had him coming in. And it went for a bit of a steroid issue as well. And you had him coming over and saying, well, I'm a legitimate yeah. fighter. Yeah. And I like it here. Yeah. So an honourable mention for sure for Ken Shamrock for yeah. breaking down those boundary, boundaries. And he, he had a great name, the world's most dangerous man. Um, and during that time, he was fighting in the 90s. He was, he was going UFC and then in Japan. And he's one of the, the, the American wrestlers like Josh Barnett. Who trained in the the Japanese uh, wrestling camps? You know where they do real wrestling, real fighting, shoot fighting, and um, so yeah, he, he's absolutely. been he's he's been under the tutelage of Antonio Onoki and, and all those guys as well. So uh, was Ken Shamrock in UFC one? Yes, he lost in the semi final to Hoist. Hoist Gracie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was him in UFC one. Yeah. Yeah, in. Back in the days where they'd have three or four fights in one event. Yeah, in in the evening. Yeah, they start yeah. at four a four p.m. and finish at ten p.m. or whatever midnight. And uh, yeah, four four fights. I think in six hours or eight hours, which you you couldn't even think about that now, could you? Really? Yeah. No, back then, back then, I think it, it was very heavy on uh, wrestling, though, wasn't it? There was a lot of grappling. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, but if you look some of the early pictures, some people got their face. Pretty badly split open. Um, yeah, but he was more grappling because obviously Royce was beating everybody and uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, quickly, yeah. And then Ken came over to the WWE and uh, got yeah. his face split open there every night, probably. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, Ken Shamrock he said that in that I think in that week or, or a week before he had a fight in Japan, a wrestling match in Japan. Um, then he flew back, and then three days later, he did the UFC tournament, and uh, and, and Hoist choked him out by, I think Hoist was at the bottom because Ken took him down because he could, um, and he, he choked him by holding his own gi, like a, a front choke, but holding his gi to get that extra pressure, pressure on, which yeah. would have been legal in those days, but uh, not now. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good, uh, pretty quick match. And I think Ken Shamrock wrestled, not wrestled recently, but wrestled sort of in the past couple of years, and he still looks incredible. That guy's a beast. So really did a lot for, for wrestling, and, and not yeah. just WWE, but wrestling, professional wrestling in the whole. Yeah, give, like you said, giving it some legitimacy as well. And, uh, and he's a pro, he's a, a bare-knuckle promoter now as well. He's got his own promotion, so... Uh, bare-knuckle yeah, fighting. Must, must be almost 60 or mid-50s, and he's still a beast and still... Yeah. He doing just, things, yeah. He just loves loves the fight, loves to fight, so loves the fight game. So, uh, would you believe it? That's uh, we've uh, we've done nearly an hour, Matt. Can you believe that? I can actually. I can fully believe that, and I'd go for another hour. But <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm, uh, I'm sure it would annoy our friends over at SRB, so I will. Uh, <laughs> I'll end it there. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we could have easily done 20 because I've still got another five wrestlers I can think I would have mentioned. Um, 
So, uh, Ultimate Warrior, okay. Mr. Perfect, um, Randy Orton, uh, Brock Lesnar, and yeah. This. Who knows, part two maybe in the future, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jeff Hardy, and uh, I think we mentioned him in, in a tag team. Uh, yeah. Rob Van Dam, and yeah, loads of guys. Okay, so that's been uh, Purely Wrestling Podcast, the Pro Wrestling Podcast, episode two. A uh, bit of a impromptu podcast, uh, just sort of trying to uh, get around this uh, lockdown that the whole world is in. Really, that's the the yeah, main we're not, we're not sure main purpose. This show out, yeah. Uh, so uh, if, if we're st- we still still are in lockdown when the show comes out, I hope everybody's safe. Yeah. Um, catch us at Purely Wrestling on Twitter. Drop us a follow and uh, get in touch by there. We might have an email set up by the time this show is out, but currently we don't. So if yeah. the show goes out and have an email set up, we'll include the email in the uh, description slash um, post, Facebook post, whatever whatever you're hearing us on. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if, if we don't have an email yet, catch us at Accurately Wrestling on Twitter and uh, we'll respond by there. Also... Um, I will be live tweeting every single uh, WWE event certainly on Purely Wrestling uh, Raw, Smackdown, NXT I'm usually always awake watching them and live tweeting them so uh, hit the follow on Twitter because I like to have a, a nice little community there of discussion about what's going on live and, and even not live if there's a big news story I'll tweet out about it and I'd like to have discussion with all you guys so uh, get in touch via there and uh, Gene thanks for hosting this for episode two it's been good fun you're welcome it's been it's been great fun and uh, yeah just to, to echo Matt's uh, sentiments if uh, we're, we're in lockdown and when this goes out we're still in lockdown hopefully not but uh, just do the sensible things you know social distance and, and uh, yeah just, just be reasonable and sensible and stay at home and watch wrestling yeah listen to our podcast or any, any podcast all the podcasts and uh, yeah, just uh, start uh, start listening and start uh, a new a new hobby maybe or something or catch up on some shows or absolutely. There's a lot of things. Luckily, we're in the digital age, which is going to make it a lot easier for a lot of people. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you can uh, catch the catch us on this podcast on SRB Radio. Dot com srbradio.podbean.com but if you put srbradio.com you'll you'll get the podcast platform and as i said it's it's not just uh, wrestling now it's it's the M- mma sh- shows so the mma shower shows which we'll hopefully bring back soon and uh, there's also speedway there's also football or soccer if you're in north america um, so there's a bunch of podcasts on srb radio um, community radio so uh, yeah thank you very much Matt it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and, and chew the fat so to speak and uh, everyone listening we'll, uh, we'll be back in, in a few weeks and uh, we'll have another fun topic and uh, once the uh, once the shows get back on the road so to speak so once uh, you know wrestling is back and other sporting events then obviously we'll be focusing on the monthly events but up until then We'll, we'll pick a topic and, uh, and just run with it and, and see where we go. So uh, thank you very much for listening and uh, please get in touch and uh, stay safe. Thank you. Bye.